<laughs> Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast, where we look to empower and encourage real conversation amongst men everywhere by unpacking topics on self-help, philosophy, and business. Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast. It's Matt Hannum here with a motley crew, an unusual crew of motley crews. And uh, today we're talking on the, oh, un- we're unpacking the top five reasons many won't recover according to Uncle G. Uncle GC, Mr. Grant Cardone. Conrad's um, got a massive crush on this guy. I mean, I've, um, I've seen pictures of him in his car, on his ceiling. I mean, just everywhere in the office. And um, anyway, we're going to unpack the top five reasons. I love how it's me and then you're the one bringing up the topic. <laughs> this topic was born. You, you were born for this topic, mate. So was that shirt. So <laughs> we're going to unpack the top five reasons. Quickly going to jump into the drink. Um we're just drinking a, a staple, right. a staple um, quick uh, starting the day off with a with a red Penfolds Kanunga Hill 2017 Shiraz Cab. Shout out to a friend who bought it for me and uh, and that's really it. So it's a Has staple it for us all. Must have been a great friend because it's about 8 bucks 99 at Dan Murphy's right now. Well, look, I just... <laughs> <laughs> Clean skin. <laughs> we won't elaborate. I just felt like sharing it. And it's here. We're all having a drink, with the exception of Michael Duncan, who's smelling his. I will smell and, it. Uh, and Jacob Moffat, who's joining on the other end. If you don't hear him throughout the show, then um, well, look, it's kind of like it's kind of like. Well, you can see him. You at can least. see him in the video. This is on video. If you're not uh, if you're not watching us at the moment and you're hearing us, and yeah, that's right. You can so you can also maybe hear him um, in a cameo appearance. And we, it's kind of like where's Wally. So you just wave, have to try wave, and spot Travis's left hand moves. And Jacob speaks, then we know what's going. Yeah. It's usually twelve minutes, twelve minutes and thirty seconds. Okay, so if you could just comment the first time you hear Jacob speak, um, that'd be fantastic. That's if you're watching this on YouTube. So let's jump. Well, let's have a quick, um, quick Cheers. sniff. Cheers, Cheers. On. Have a sniff there, Mike. Salute. Cheers. Mmm. Tastes cheap. Is what it is. <laughs> So, it's a good way to start the day. Sounds like quality, but that's all right. That's all right. Here's what it is. So, I was recently, I during this COVID period, um, I was forwarded an email by Grant Cardone, the larger than Personally? life American sales. Yeah, I mean, every, most subscribes of his... to the newsletter. Let's just. <laughs> I do have. Yes, I do have a subscription to the newsletter in my in my newsletter subscription account, which is overflowing with many things. But I I stumbled across this. Um, email, which was unpacking the top five reasons many won't recover, according to Grant Cardone. So I thought it was pretty cool, and I thought we could def- definitely chat on the different areas here. Um, Are we talking recovering from the COVID situation? We're talking or recovering in from, from COVID from an economic standpoint, yep. not from not, not talking about COVID at all, other than okay. just the, the mass disruption. Yep. But he's obviously talking more to the American economy. Um, yeah, we're a bit different to that, but but generally the COVID period. So he's got the five things, and I might just quickly read through some of the copy from his email because it's not that long, and then I want to just dig into each of those individual sections and and see what we what we think. So the well, the first one is lack of consistency. Um, he believes that those who succeed in the months to come will make consistent routines in their life. Uh, consistent approach starts with getting consistent in your day-to-day operations. When you wake up, what do you do next? And yeah, we, we might just go through this one by one and, and talk to them as we go. But lack of consistency. And I, I guess, you know, 
for me, the areas where it lacked consistency became very obvious when sort of placed under additional pressure. Um, there was quite a few in business and in, and in personal life. And I thought um, it, w- it, it became really evident during a period of high stress. We often try and plan for these periods of high stress or consider what we might do, but we genuinely found ourselves in a, a pretty widespread situation. So, um, yeah, lack of consistency, guys. So what do we, um, what do we think, Jacob? Well, well, as a, I guess, gym owner, I was potentially one of the more impacted directly during the COVID um, kind of process. Um, I think April, May, we were essentially the government said, you're not allowed to open. So overnight, the gym was closed, empty. So routine was quite an interesting one is that I was used to getting up at 5am, getting to the gym at 6 and teaching or training. Um and kind of for those six weeks or so we were closed, I transitioned to more of a, a fairly traditional nine to five kind of role. I got up, had breakfast with the family, went into the gym, kind of did a bit of training, bit of recording, um, finished at 4.30, 5 o'clock, went home, had dinner with the family and kind of actually didn't mind it initially. Um, after a while, the I had to find a bit of a routine though. I think the first week was just a bit reactionary and I just kind of went and did whatever was needed but I soon started to think well how do I create a routine in this very different environment where there's no no teaching no classes no students no clients essentially um and we quickly adapted went online and created a new routine about when we assist people online when we do admin when we do recordings all these other things but yeah I think creating routine just helped us be much more proactive i think for me and i think for a lot of people routine creates a more proactive approach to things rather than just being reactive and just doing whatever the day dictates i think it's interesting his perspective where he says you know to succeed you should start making consistent routines i think it's people or businesses that had routines in place already when it hit, I think were the ones that probably handled, maybe, well, maybe handled it a little bit, a little bit better, and were able to just keep these routines going. I know it's hard when something completely changes, but for our business, it was like kind of business as usual. Keep these routines going. Try and be work as normal as possible. So I think it's much harder to start creating routines once the shit's hit the fan, I suppose, rather than so having these sort of things in place, sort of for a situation that may happen. So planning, planning for worst case scenario or whatever. So I think people that had routines in the first place um, may be a little bit better off. I think potentially people who were routined people in the first place were also more likely to just adjust and create a routine. Again, if you're an organized, disciplined person and there's disruption, you're more likely to be an organized, disciplined person once you've adjusted as well. Um, so did you change your routine or did you just cut out the contact hours effectively? Like, Because in some ways what I'm hearing in your particular routine um, is those contact hours with clients, say let's say like 6 to 9 a.m. or whatever, and then maybe in the evening like they dropped out yeah. um, and you would typically, I think, train during the week, like in the middle of the day and that yeah. type of thing and do your admin and stuff. So did you just sort of contracted those two client-facing pieces and pretty much yeah the routine didn't change too much in there like a lot of people worked from home and I just knew for me that wasn't going to work so for me the routine was just continue going to the gym just 
a little later and finish a little earlier because I wasn't there. Mm. I didn't need to be there. So, yeah. So what did you do with the time? The time, a lot of recording, a lot of creating content. Um, instead of teaching classes, we just recorded movements for online. Instead of taking sessions, we kind of spent their time giving our kind of clients and students feedback. So the routine didn't strictly change a lot, um, I guess, on reflection. It was just making small adjustments rather than doing it face-to-face, just doing it digitally or online as well. Mm. I mean, personally, I, I feel like around work, my, my personal self-care habits and things just sort of got thrown out of the window a little bit and I found myself just spending far more time actually working um, and not working out the same amount and doing those kind of things that I would, would have, could have, should have done. Um, what about you, Hato? How did the... Um, routine shift for you uh to be honest i didn't change at all uh because one i have a pretty uh a mixed routine week to week anyway you know sometimes i'm shooting in, in an evening you know I've, I've just got back from a uh, i've just been away for two days you know i got up at 4 a.m shooting the sunrise this morning um you know so your my routine's pretty flexed anyway uh during covid probably the heart of it when sort of photography really stopped um, I was just pretty much into the office every day, um, you know, nut, uh, going into the nuts and bolts of my businesses and, and um, you know, trying to pivot where I needed to, understand what I needed to do. So I still really retained, um, you know, pretty normal routine. Um, if anything, I probably got a little bit better with my self-care and, um, you know, because I had a little bit more time either side or, you know, I wasn't shooting evenings or anything like that or, you know, no... Um, you know, social sport or anything. So, yeah, for me, that was one reason. And two, I probably didn't really, um, what's the word? I didn't really understand how big this was going to be. I sort of, I sort of uh, had a, such a, a mindset on that. It would just, you know, these sort of things will blow over in a couple of weeks and off we go. So I didn't really change anything, you know, based off that. Uh, but that's where I guess, you know, I'm lucky enough that we still traded through and we're still busy all the way through because uh, our offering is diverse, so it still gave me enough to do. So, uh, yeah, it didn't, didn't really change very much, to be honest. How did the client communication go in that time for places like Optus and stuff that you do obviously work for? How did, how did you – did you keep the same sort of communication or did you kind of up that, that level? Uh, probably the same. It just more went on to Zoom and, you know, your digital platforms. Yeah, I was I was having uh, initial meet and greets on Zoom, you know, which is totally fine now, but which is actually quite nice because that's um, progressed. Uh, you know, so I don't have to drive forty minutes for a meeting, and then uh, you know meet with them and then drive forty minutes. Like they're more than happy just to do it on Zoom now. So it's actually like a really good benefit that's come out of it because it's it's given me a little bit extra time either side. Uh, yeah, so obviously in the time, you know, some some clients drop off, some clients, you know, increase their, I guess, their, their spend. Um, yeah, it's, I guess, it, yeah, it's just probably the, the same for me, to be honest. So the next point um, that he raises, I'm going to just chop you there, Conrad. I know you're about to jump into something, but I'm sure you can talk to it in the, in the next point. But he talks to yeah, normal I'm actions. I was going to point to the next point because we, we drag a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to have some oh, yeah. awkward silence and a pause at the moment? Um, the next point is normal actions and doing anything in life that is, I guess, considered normal will only get you average at best. And I guess in my perspective, um, 
I felt like there was a lot of people that were just sort of having a retreat and a break at home. What do you think about, you know, taking normal actions during a time like this and um, perhaps what did you do different or what you perceive as different to what many people were doing to try and turn it into um, a situation where you can perhaps benefit rather than it just being all, all negative? I think going to work was, was abnormal. I mean, we, we just kept everyone in the office. So what's a normal action in, the, in that time frame would be what everybody else is doing. Um, so, yeah, we maintained our office structure. We had one or two people work from home because of medical reasons. Um, and we just, uh, we, we, similar to Trav, we moved all our meetings onto Zoom uh, or Teams and have kept most of them there and it suits me down to a T. Um, so I think that's abnormal um, given what, what everybody else is doing. Um, yeah, so I don't know. What's normal? I was going to say the definition of normal. Who's your normal? Jacob's normal. I'm talking average. <clears throat> so, so, so when, oh, when to yourself then, sort of you. No, no, we're t- talking about average. I mean, if you talk about. You so, know, what's average action in in a case or a response to a pandemic that we've just had? What what would be the average response? Holiday. How's that average? <laughs> No, just how people, you know, like what Matt people said, that people just saw it as like, oh, well, I can't work. I'll just go sit at home rather than, you know, okay, if you're not so working or you get off. laid off. What's that? Mentally switch off. I yeah. think, yeah, a lot of people mentally switched off, innit? So that, that Netflix, would be, that's what we'd be calling normal right now. Yeah. Yeah, okay. To an extent, I mean. Didn't yeah. do it, so I don't I mean, know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask you that. I said, what didn't you do? That was I normal. didn't do normal. No, exactly. So well, what <laughs> did you The funny thing is you did do normal, but it was the abnormal at the time. Yeah. But I think that's what the reality of this is. I mean, none of this is new and none of this is really specific to a pandemic. I mean, it's, it's you know, the areas that you go into are all about success. I mean, defined by product production. So, you know, when I looked at the list when you sent through the, the, the thing, I mean, I know he's framed it around the COVID stuff and, you know, which is fair enough. But it's not, not new. I mean, so just like going consistency for, and all that type of stuff. Just going for clickbait again. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Grant Cardo. <laughs> Matt opened the email, didn't he? <laughs> 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 well, that, but it is, right? I mean, you'll go through the other areas, but this is just what you talk about with relation to performance. It doesn't yeah. discount it. I mean, for someone listening or watching, it's like, okay, it's a, it's a chance for reflection against what they did mm. over the last couple of months and work out, you know, where they... Well, you know what the normal did. Well, if you didn't, you asked the question well, 10 know seconds now. ago, well, what, what did the normal do? I mean, well, I told you what the normal did. They had a holiday, effectively. They bought a lot of toilet paper. They no, shit, they bought a lot of stuff Netflix. online, man, because bloody hell, those, those online retailers and particularly the companies I hold, mate, they went through the roof. Yeah, they're still trying to they're deliver buying it. It wasn't just toilet paper, it's fucking everything. <laughs> God knows, these houses are going to be full of shit. Well, you couldn't even monitors, like <laughs> office chairs. Hey, we, we sold a lot online in Pewter in COVID. <laughs> but God, that was our best sales online ever during COVID. So I'm, I'm very what happy. Toilet roll hey, just military items, everything. They're going to go to war with a couple yeah. of other Pewter armies. I, I, I doubled my sales <laughs> online. But you couldn't get the shipping out. <laughs> no, but that's what that's what people did, man. They just they did. Not nothing. Oh, clearly, clearly, you couldn't, you couldn't I mean, buy was... shelves at Bunnings because everyone had to buy shelves yeah. to put all their shit on that they bought <laughs> in their car. I'm serious. It was like there was a shortage of shelves because people were putting their cans of soup in there. It's yeah. So we were saying it's, it's borderline embarrassing. To, I mean, we laugh about it. I mean, but Jesus Christ, we'll be paying for it for years. Mm. Yeah. You know, what's the, what's the the national debts 
on par with what it was like. And I think it's. I mean, I think we've understated it, particularly what's going on on the East Coast at the moment. What eight hundred fifty trillion? That's on, money. On, on par with the, the World War Two. I mean, fair enough. I mean, the money that's been pumped into the system, but for what fucking reason? Pewter fucking soldiers. <laughs> if you want a if you want a pewter toy soldier, go to buckinghampewter.com.au and um, if there's any left, they might, <laughs> you might be able to buy you know, one. Just don't sit on those things because they ain't gonna be pleasant. All right. Well, your response to the uh, normal actions is underwhelming. So I'm going to shift across to Michael, the big MD, Doogie Hauser. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Doogie Hauser. That name, that name hasn't popped into you memory. Be older than me. Doogie Hauser is. Yeah, he's older than me. Maybe oh, you mean me? <laughs> you could have gone George Clooney from ER Who? or something. Nah. <laughs> well, George got hair, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Doogie Hauser. Doogie was like hair? 14, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's like a primary school student. <laughs> are we talking normal actions or are we moving on? No, to... we're moving on. So we're going to Target. So no Target was the next one from Grant, um, which as Conrad quite um, ingeniously pointed out, this is the same list that you could have applied to anything. Yeah. But, but at the same time, uh, I guess there's two ways you can look at targets. Did you already have some that you could stick firm to despite the fact that there's a crisis and just repeg where you needed to? Or was there new targets, um, new sort of visioning and things put into place um, that, that you worked on? I mean, myself just reflecting on this because that's where this came from. You know, we, we sat down and mapped out what we could do if and when there was downtime, some additional things that we wanted to have completed within the next quarter, the next two quarters, so we could make sure that even if we had a dip in revenue, that we were satisfied that we'd effectively utilised any any time that we had. So how did you how did you tackle your I guess longer term targets and goals, and and what what else did you do in terms of the short term within the period? Yeah, yeah. Well, we had budgets in place and targets that we were aiming for. What the, I suppose the situation itself just made us um, look at some different scenarios, I suppose. We put in a few different scenarios of if we lose like, like 75% business, 50%, 25% or stay the same. And I mean, luckily, we, you know, we've got a diverse range of clients and we kind of didn't falter. There was a little bit of shock and awe at the beginning where people put a couple of projects on hold. But um, as a rule, we had a uh, probably comparable to last year, a, a similar sort of... Um, income coming in and I mean we've got fairly low expenses so and it wasn't a hard exercise to do it was really literally a couple of spreadsheets and chucking in the budget and cutting it back in specific areas and so we had the scenario and knew we had cash in the bank and we knew we could um, survive the six months or however long it was going to be um, so yeah we were very lucky very grateful in that respect to, to have had the cash in the banks I know it happened maybe 10 years ago when I was sort of maybe a little bit um, lax in my my planning and having a good accountant and having all the financial stuff in place. It could have been a much different story, I think, a bigger a bigger story. But you would have had more hair. 10 years ago, <laughs> 10 years. No, it's been steady, steady. <laughs> Does anyone know what Doogie Hauser is these days? Oh, hang on, it is mine. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag Doogie Hauser. Actually, that was at the barber the other day and the woman said it looked like Ralph Fiennes. Who's he? He's really. He's the dude from Harry Potter. What's his name? Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she. Me- I don't think she meant the actual character Voldemort. I was hoping. Um, All right, Voldy. Yeah, I was googling him, and when I got, mate, I thought I was onto a winner with Doogie Howser there, but you just trapped yourself. He's the guy from Doogie Howser. He's in a couple. How I Met Your Mother or whatever. That's that dude, isn't it? Was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. Yeah. 
Which guy? Neil the Patrick Harris. Harris. The no, yeah, the was guy. He was Doogie Howser. See, I didn't. I, I haven't seen it. Like he if, wasn't a real doctor by since it was on black and white TV or something way back when <laughs> you were a child. But <laughs> see, so, no, no, we were we were lucky. <laughs> we, we were lucky. Super grateful for the, the position we were in when it happened. Yeah. So again, that's the planning part, I suppose. And yeah, yeah. Matt, I, I've got a little bit of action with this one. Is because. Uh, for, like so, I've got two businesses. Photography uh, had already hit the target for the year prior to COVID. Um, so either my target was too low. We well, didn't change it. <laughs> oh no! What's that? You, you, you cut some. Well, no, no. You got to change it, mate. I I had changed it, but my initial target. <laughs> change so. it back. <laughs> but no, uh, one no one thing that I did actually do with Pewter, um, I I actually have reflected on this, and I I just I was like, oh shit, COVID's here. I'm not going to hit my target now. And I just, I actually use it as an excuse. Uh, and I hid behind it, to be honest. Um, yeah. So it was funny because like I had the success in the other one and I was like, oh yeah, that's yeah, cool. You know, like I've done this, that's great. But uh, yeah, the other business, I was like, oh fuck, you know, bloody COVID. <laughs> it, it got me, you know, I can't hit my target now. I just, I just made an excuse for myself. And then actually it took me a couple of months. I was like, well, what are you doing? Like you can still actually, you know, you don't need to use that as an excuse. Like, well, A, you shouldn't be. Because it's bullshit. Because there's opportunity anywhere and everywhere. Um, yeah, and then I kind of snapped myself out of it. But yeah, initially I, I 100% used it as a uh, an excuse to you know to allow myself to fail, which is probably not the best uh, best thing to do. Until he was driving to work one day and heard that toy soldier song, <laughs> and then started selling his shit on Pulls out his stethoscope. But going going back to what Conrad was saying about this being a, um, a template for everyday life, anyway, uh, what I think is what I think a pandemic or something like this does is elevates the stress levels of everybody uh, very very quickly, and these are the things that really shine through. Whether if you are able to handle that stress or able to, you know, like if you're actually, um, you know. It, shows you up pretty quick you know like if you if you're just faking it those these things help you manage stress Mm. well yeah no like just yeah pretty much yeah Yeah. stability right yeah because if you've if you've got some consistency you're taking yeah you you know that you're not necessarily just taking normal actions you've got a target and you can re-peg but at least you've got targets if you if you failed in all those areas already you're going to be struggling in in singularity you're you're 100 right um it becomes a bit more complex when you're running teams of people Mm. And they don't have the consistency, or they're wanting to go and take a mental holiday, and those types of things. That that becomes a problem, and I experienced some of that stuff. Um, so, so how did you? What did you do to, you know, either help your team or lead your team through that? Then, uh, told them they could take a longer holiday if they wanted one. So yeah, you gave them the flexible room. Yeah. Yeah. Do the work or don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you went. No, no, I'm no, being serious no, here. Yeah. No, so no, no. Did you go a hard line down it, or were, were, how did no, no, you how I, did you manage it? Well, contextually, I was I was just I just came back from Indonesia and checked myself into uh, quarantine. Rehab? Sorry. <laughs> um, and so I was leading from remotely as it was, but um, we made the decision early not to. Um, not to down tools and work from home. I just didn't believe the team was structured enough or disciplined enough to do that and still deliver on the responsibility we have to our clients. And thankfully, um, we had um, 
you know, our licensee went to bat for us and got us a, a dispensation to stay and work and stuff. So that worked out for us okay. Um, and I didn't have to have that problem. So you tried to put the structure, you know, you tried to keep the structure yeah. within the team yeah. as much because as possible. I, I didn't believe that their structures um, would have would have would have served yeah. them or served the business. And how how did that serve you guys as a group? Did that uh, show you through that time, or did yeah, we 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 did well through that time. Um, you know, I had probably one staff member that um, probably challenged me a bit more than anyone else did, um, but uh, that that became his problem, uh, and he and he's he, he's working his way through that at the moment. Yeah. Has it made you look at? if something like this happened again, where obviously you didn't look, there's a trust issue there with how they were going to maybe perceive the work at home. Have you, have you looked at how you may be able to enable that if something, something different happens that you, you are for like, say you, the licensee didn't give you the, the okay. And it was like, nah, dude, you guys have to have to head home. Yep. Have you sort of thought about that in hindsight and sort of planning around that at all? No, to, I mean, Mike, I, it's not a trust issue on my part. It's a, it's a case of that I've. He doesn't committed. have enough abacuses to send home, mate. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, we've got a very young team. Yeah. Um, yep. And you know, whilst I've got no problems with the senior guys working from home from that perspective, the young the young guys the the, uh, the other guys um, need to be around the experience. Yep. Um, so it's not a trust issue. It's it's a competency scenario. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, no. I mean, if we had to do that, then yeah, of course you'd, you'd make it work you'd somehow. Adapt and, yeah. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but it's not ideal. What about you, Matt? Because you probably got the second biggest team out of all of us. Yeah, my we, we went home um, at some point, whenever that was. I don't know, but we transitioned quite well. I mean, we we did a daily huddle anyway, um, and we quickly shifted into doing that twice a day uh, on Zoom. And we, I found that the team pretty effortlessly switched remotely. There was only the only thing that we didn't actually have. Um, I guess fully digitized is is our VoIP phone system, so we still needed physical phones to plug the VoIP phone system in, which is now being being rectified at the moment. It's like the only thing that'll stop us if we have to go completely remote. Everything else is cloud based, so that was really cool. And I felt like it, the effort that we put in initially to mapping out what was going to happen over the next couple of quarters uh, really helped, and and I I felt that the team worked very well. If anything, they were asking and wanting to starting to come back to just because they didn't necessarily enjoy spending all that time at home. I've I've got people that have worked from home for long periods of time in the past, um, not with us, and they didn't necessarily want to go back there. So what, what other structures did you put in to lead through that time then? I didn't really have to change a lot. Um, the two, two huddles a day... Um, just to make sure that we're connecting and talking through what was going on, um, and the rest of was largely managed by our project management system, and to an extent, I I put a bit of a call to action on saying that you know what we are as a business may not be the case in in three or six months, and and these are some areas that we need or you know we can choose to invest some time in to to open up some other revenue streams and. And to provide us with a more you know, stabilized and balanced income in other areas, because you know a lot of our clients are small to medium business, and they were all on the phone immediately. Some good, some bad, some left, some right, upside down. Different levels of being able to cope with stress at the situation, and and we were left not having a lot of control um, necessarily of what was going to happen. But we were able to service them 
pretty well and, and our sort of typical weekly structures and monthly structures held up really well um, during the time frame. So I'm, I'm pretty, pretty happy with that in general. There's not much I would need to change in terms of a pandemic as such. Um, other than, yeah, the, the, it's hard to maintain the culture and, and give people enough time. And we, we did Friday drinks and a few of those things, you know, via Zoom, but it's not for me the same as it is when you're in, able to spend time, you know, face to face. There's another couple of points you want to get to. There is, mate. Thank you, Connor. Are you like um, Bert, the guy that sits on the side of Judge Judy, just l- letting her know when it's time to? He actually I'll, looks I'll like Judge him Judy. as well. Eh? I'll, be, I'll be Judge Judy. So is it a coloured joke? Ooh. Oh, it is, mate. That pink shirt is wild. <laughs> <laughs> it matches Hado's accent colour. It's uh, my Bengal tiger. <laughs> So the last, well, there's actually two, yeah. but we won't talk about number one too much. Um, but the, <laughs> That's the call to action. That's his call to action. So <laughs> we'll, let, well, let's knock that off now. The last one is no sales skills. And look. No, that, I reckon that's the most, one of the most important. All right. Well, why? Let's, let's go there then. What do you mean why? Just hit me. Give me the, give me the Conrad Spiel. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. He's just. Tell me why. Uh, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> no, I just got a bit surprised that that's what he wants to not talk about. I get, I get it's Cardone's clickbait. I get that. But it's his clickbait for a reason. It's because most businesses can't survive without sales. And that's the problem we're going to be dealing with post-COVID and post-whatever the government wants to hand out bloody dollars and cents-wise. If businesses can't close, they don't have a damn business. Well, entitlement Absolutely. was the point that I was going to drag into that particular point. Well, the entitlement is what's, point. Into what's caused the... The, the, the lack of sales skills yeah. because so, they're now getting their $1,500 a fortnight payment to support their business models. And unfortunately, the dependency that that's going to create is, <laughs> is going to negate the sales skills needed to be successful. But that hasn't caused it. We already had it. it. No, 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 no. It. no, what we've done is that we've taken out the obligation for people to actually meet targets because the government's paying for their mediocre wage. 100%. 100% agree with you. You know, I got my car service the other day and the mechanic, I asked him how he was doing. He goes, oh, crazy. I said, oh, why is that? He goes, I can't get anyone to work because they're all on JobKeeper. Mate, so the cafes I go to are changing staff over yeah. like you wouldn't believe. It's embarrassing. Yeah. So that is the single biggest reason why we as an economy are heading for fucking Armageddon. Well, we can't sell ourselves. It's why we're not heading for Armageddon. We're heading for a more socialist structure. We're going to be no, forced don't say to. That. Don't, don't say that. Yeah, I'm going to say it. I just did. <laughs> and what's your response then? Well, let's say I, I, I kind of agree with you, but <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not let's say it. Dave never tell us off. <laughs> it's it's inevitable. Well, you interviewed Dave Clare. When in 2018? No, no, during your COVID break stuff. And when I asked the question about benevolent, benevolent dictatorships, <laughs> you guys chose to ignore the question. I didn't choose to ignore it. I didn't see it till later. And I couldn't spell benevolent, <laughs> which is effectively a socialist. Topic. I had to Google it. <laughs> That's not what it is. Basically, socialist in a sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's more socialist than what we've got. But the issue being that we can't, you know, we all have to sell ourselves, whether it's to an employer or otherwise. We're going to have to potentially spend more time freelancing for gigs rather than, you know, paid work if we end up with this Armageddon, which you're talking about. And we're looking at what? Per Mate, post- we're, in, we're in the middle of 
the eye of the storm right now. Yeah, it's the eye. That's the problem, mate. It's the eye. So everyone's running around spending money and doing stuff, but it's all about to go, uh-oh. Keep yep. spending on pewter. Keep buying pewter. Buckinghampewter.com.au forward slash hate-ho. He did say Buckingham Pewter. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you sponsoring this episode? <laughs> Absolutely. He is now. That's why the wine's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> the... Um, the, the, the issue with the Armageddon, I know I'm a bit passionate about it, is because I think the, the, the thing that we've seen is that we've seen the accelerated acceptance of technology for everything, which is fine by me, but we've downplayed things like sales skills, uh, which is the human-to-human contact, um, which is what is valuable. Now, yeah. you know, I'm having these conversations in the office all the time. As, as, as a marketing company, all anyone wants to do is – can't you put two apps on there and make it digital so I don't have to do anything? No. You the still need just run. Is that your millennial just... client base? No, that's the old yeah, that's yeah. the old crew. They yeah. they don't want to know anything about the tech. They just want it to replace the fact that they have to do any sales activity. At all. What are the anything. businesses, mate? I'd... <laughs> what are coming I'd, to I'd, visit? I'd either set up a compared money. <laughs> 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 I've got no problem with sales, mate. I've said, that, like I said to my team the other day, um, make their lives easier and they'll pay for days. Don't expect them to make your life easier because they'll sack you tomorrow. Well, gone, gone are the days we're trying to sell to them. We're in the relationship game. Yeah. That's, but but you still, it's still sales. It's still man. sales. I mean, you can, you can... You still want them yeah. to buy from you. Yeah. So I mean, so yes, it's a creating a great experience and enhancing the relationship, but that's where the... That's where the real transaction happens, right? Well, we use that 80s, like, sales bullshit as an excuse. Yeah. We're like, oh, sales is bullshit in, like, in the 70s and 80s. So, oh, we hate sales. Well, it's changed. But, as you say, like, it's it's relationship-based. It has to be different. But we still go, oh, oh, no, I'm not doing that. That's that's the stereotypical 70s used car salesman. Well, that's not the case. It's not going to work on anyone. Um, And it's just the excuse that the general population will use as to – and most – Small business owners even use. So, um, so who wrote that? Who wrote sales skills are generally frowned upon? Is that you or is that Cardo? Card one. Uh, Obi one Kenobi. Card one Kenobi. <laughs> that was that was me, mate. That was you. Yep. But I don't know where the sales. Well, I don't agree. Maybe I don't know where you're coming from, but I don't agree that sales skills are frowned upon. From my perspective, they're valued. No, that, that's not what I meant um, when I was writing that. As such, they they are valued. But their sales or building sales skills or, you know, sales are generally frowned upon or not. Um, selling. Selling is selling is frowned upon. Skills. Yeah, sure. Look, you're digging into the into technicalities of the language. I, I didn't mean that. Sorry, sorry for being Conrad Francis. It comes down to what you what you the vision for your business and your kind of brand was anyway. If you if you were connected to your clients and cared for your clients before this happened, you just bring that through into everything. Well, that's, that's a sales skill. Itself, that's a sales skill. Yeah. yeah, yeah, is care. I'm just saying it's not where they'll invest time and effort, and they people are largely even most small you business trademark that word, and you can sell it in six workshops, right? Yeah. <laughs> largely, people are trying to like they're, they're trying to right. Doctor, trying to, doctor care, or they want to avoid it. They want to. Dr. Doogie. Doogie Sales 101. How, how, how to become a doctor at 14. You just care, man. That's yeah. all you do. Dr. Love. Doctor. <laughs> but it's... It's okay. what? 
It's okay. You're fucking missing the point. The point was they're, they're lazy. You're the people. host, though. If I'm missing the point, it's on you, bro. <laughs> Mate, if you had brought your notes that you left at home on the countertop, oh, shut up. Um, <laughs> because it was a mess this morning and your mm. domestic duties weren't up to scratch, <laughs> then uh, <laughs> and perhaps, perhaps maybe you should just uh, use your photographic memory to bring it back. But the point was that. It's not generally where people focus and they focus on having discipline and growing. It's typically the last thing that a small business is focusing on, but often one of the first things they'll try and hire someone else to do it for them. Yeah, well, you'd know more about that than me. I, I don't know. I mean, it's not something it's not something I've ever focused on last. <laughs> okay. Well, funnily, funnily enough. No, you, just, you made a pretty big statement there and, and I don't believe well, it. You you, you've never witnessed that. You've never seen people doing that last. I'm not saying I haven't. I don't disagree <laughs> with that. I've so seen you're trying to throw people it doing it. I'm saying I'm a small business and I don't do it. Yeah, that's not what you said. Okay. Well, no, you were trying to attack me, but I'm saying I've seen a lot of people do that. I've definitely well, done I'm it. I'm saying you would know more because you do. You work with small business more than I don't see it. From my perspective, I've never, never not valued skills, hard skills, or not, ne- never not had sales. I mean, I'm probably over the top on it. It's again a process thing as well. Yeah. It's having them all in place. Jacob, I was just going to say, funnily, <laughs> funnily enough, we we're very. No wonder he doesn't speak. <laughs> yeah. We wanted to skip point one and have spent the last five ten minutes on it. No, let's not let's not put that. There's no we in wanting to skip point one. <laughs> I wasn't trying to skip anything. I had a point on. We won't talk about. No, there's what, no point what six. We, what, what we spend a lot of time on and had board meetings on. We skipped point two, went to point one, and um, I just had a some thoughts on entitlement that. I, well, your generation, actually, this will be interesting. Go for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In that I, I've experienced it both ways. As a business owner, um, I guess not too different to what Trav was saying. When COVID happened, it was all kind of, I had that moment of, poor me, how am I going to get help out of this? What are we going to do? Because I didn't have any cash in the bank. Very quickly, we ran out. We went from going particularly well to just having nothing overnight. Um and spent spent moments online looking at looking through the JobKeeper stuff, kind of working out what that looks like for us. Um, and there was this feeling of, hey, this has been done to us. We've been closed down through no fault of our own. What are we now entitled to to, I guess, get that living that playing field leveled? Um, so I felt that as a, a business owner and as individually. Um, but I've also noticed the other side as the employee entitlement we've had like you're saying Connor like crazy turnover in the last kind of few months of people that were for two years previously long-term casual and then are suddenly kind of not having to earn necessarily like to come in and do shifts we've had people that are getting 750 a week and then going oh I'll I'll just reduce my availability to an hour a week and and kind of ride on it um but I mean officially there you're still in control of them yeah you're still yeah, like I went through the initial process of my interpretation of JobKeeper was, well, they're they're getting paid seven fifty. They should doing, kind of yeah. be working yeah. twenty twenty five hours or whatever the equivalent is. Yeah. Did that kind of? They were all happy to do that until one person kind of read more clearly hmm. that no, that's not the case. People aren't required to earn JobKeeper. They just kind of hmm. continue doing whatever they were doing before. In fact, many can just kind of take indefinite leave and. As casuals can just make themselves unavailable. Some toxic thinking. I Seriously? 
Yeah. Oh, it's disgraceful, I, Matt. I, I, I didn't think you had to deal with that, but I would have fired them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and one, yeah, it just took one person. what's the point? If you're just taking the money and giving yeah. it to them, if they're, if they're not going to provide anything towards the culture, anything towards the purpose to try and work the business to where it needs to be on the other side, I would have just let them go. Yeah. They're looking after yeah. themselves. They can go on Job Seeker then. Oh, I, I very much looked into it and if someone reduces their availability to say an hour a week to that's not strictly grounds as a casual to kind of, there was no, I guess, genuine grounds to fire them. Um, but they're a casual. Yeah. Really? So you still, you have to pay them and you have to go through that process. You can't just you give have them to, zero. Yeah, pretty much. They, and like, there's a lot of protections for employees yeah, I was the, on JobKeeper. You, you guys can tell me, what's wrong, I've not done any time on this stuff, but, once you qualify for it, even if they um, went in to another employer, they're still entitled <laughs> to you to pay <laughs> the job keeper. Really? Yeah. Is that how it works? Pretty much. No, yeah. that. Sorry, that's incorrect. Is it? Yeah, because if they get a new job, then technically it stops. Okay. Okay. Well, um, because their new employer will be paying them. So I had an w- employee go back onto JobKeeper, and then she got a new job, and then that ceased when she started the new job. So because your your um. You're telling you're reporting to the government every two weeks of who's working and what's working. Wow, right. So there's I've, a lot of good stories coming out of people that have knuckled down and got their team together and yeah. and and come up with new strategies and just hard work to 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 come out of this like firing. I mean, there's a lot of good stories as well. Oh, for yeah. sure. I mean, we probably see them though because of who we are in small business, right? You're probably more activated picking those it, yeah. things up, but there has to be more that are taking the serious oh. piss out of it. If you look at the the numbers, but I mean, that's a shocking like thought process to just go home. Oh, I'm only available an hour a week, and I'm just going to like ride this out as a holiday. Like I, I don't know about what that looks like after, but I would certainly have lost a lot of faith and trust in what I would consider a long term relationship with that employee or person. I mean, that's for me their their work would be drying up pretty pretty quick, and I'd be looking for someone yeah. that actually cares about what your business is about. Yeah, because it's not you're not running this bank versus that bank or whatever, you're talking about a small business that sort of has passion and cares about something. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, and if you're not in, into that, then uh, I wouldn't think that you're a viable you know, prospect to, to maintain employment beyond this period. Yeah, it was made very clear that like if whatever you're, you continue to work during this period is going to be reflected after the, okay. the JobKeeper ends. Um, but some are still happy just to ride it out and kind of, whether they quit or for whatever reason, they're still technically, un- rather than quitting, they can just reduce their availability and they're still entitled to it for the remainder through September. Can you, as the the boss, as the the, the owner, stop uh, yourself? Like, say, we're now earning X amount of money, we're going to stop this. Can you initiate that or do you just write it out until they say stop or is it in your court I to think actually... Unless someone actually quits or they're terminated, you you then have to let, or like Travis said, you let... You try terminating someone now, though. Mm. That, that's another <laughs> vibe, Phil. Yeah. No, you, you entitled it until the government says stop. Wow, okay. So yeah. even if you're... So that's why it's being wound down in September, I believe. Um, so, you know, the business, even if they've, you know, gone through the roof since the initial wave, yeah. they can still... Yeah, and that's, w- that's when that eye of the storm starts to dis- disappear. That's the, same. <laughs> well, the, the, the reports in the paper today, um, and for our international listeners from India, you probably don't understand what we're going through at the moment, but um, the reports in the paper today are, are saying that the second wave scenario that's going on on the East Coast at the moment um, has already tipped 
the budget that was being talked about already on its head. It's not surprising. The unemployment numbers are declared at 11.2 or thereabouts, and we know that the numbers aren't true. Uh, so under true unemployment numbers are sitting around 14 to 15% at the moment. The irony is, right, I mean, what JobKeeper did is give you six months to make decisions, maybe sell that car that you had the higher purchase on that didn't make sense to hang on to, like from a business point, but point of view, but also a personal point of view. But I feel like now people are just doing the opposite. They're just throwing money, spending money. Like it's not, um, you know, it actually gave you a window to tighten up a little bit if you if you needed to, um, which is what it was, I guess, designed to do. But in a lot well, of ways, it's going to become a cliff. Like that, that yeah, because because of the dependency, yeah. like a drug. It's seriously like a drug. Yeah. And one of the biggest challenges we face and continue to face through it is that, say, is the the kind of looking over their shoulder and comparisons between employees is that. One person might have been working a day a week and the other person might have been doing five days a week mm. who are now both suddenly entitled to the exact same amount. So there were naturally comparisons of when they were expected to continue working five days a week and one week day a week, which is kind of how it's intended. They're like, well, they're only doing a day a week and getting $750 a week versus me doing five days. There's always a lot of comparisons and shoulder over the shoulder looking and that's caused no shortage of cultural issues Um, a short plank well i know 18 year old kids that do one shift at a clothing store and make 75 bucks for the one shift and they're they're getting the full job keeper Mm. yeah and they haven't worked in you know well now it's got to open back up but they didn't work for two months and you know some of them still haven't gone back but they're still buying cars and and front page newspapers yeah that's right well, I heard of some businesses at the July, obviously the financial year turnover, like telling clients, don't invoice me until July because I want to keep the JobKeeper stuff going. I want to get that in place. It's like stopping business, stopping money coming in, cash yeah, well, flow. That's all, that's all the inverse to all of this shit. Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. So it polarizes society a little I did, bit. I did say to myself, and I had to pull myself up on it, like I felt sorry for myself because I didn't qualify for any of that help. Um. <laughs> No, I, I no you story. did. I know you did. True story. I mean, <laughs> I, and, and I had to catch myself because what the fuck? Wow. Seriously, like, I'm thinking, like, why the fuck don't I get any money? <laughs> <laughs> then you punched yourself in the face, I hope. Just, just about, yeah, I think I lost a tooth. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. Well, I'm sorry, Mike. You... No, no, it's, just, it's, it's going to be an interesting six months coming up. It's going to be an US election. It's going to be an interesting <laughs> decade, mate. Yeah, Trump's on Twitter saying he wants to defer the election now until people can vote safely. <laughs> of course he does because he's getting killed. The fact that, the, wait, he's not, Biden's dead. So if he's getting killed, then they have to find two new candidates. I mean, he ain't losing that election. Just I don't care the, what anyone says. Grab the popcorn. Grab the popcorn. But when you've got technology that can put voting online, you can have the election. Yeah. Yeah, you can rig it too. Hmm. <laughs> just like you can rig paper. <laughs> you can't rig the election if it's on Lomo. It's got to use blockchain tech. I know. I'm just teasing. <laughs> I've seen, mate, the, the technology for those things have actually d- was developed here in WA. The technology for a lot of things was developed here in WA. The Wi-Fi was developed in Australia, wasn't it? Was that with WA as well? I was having this conversation today. Hawkeye at tennis. Hawkeye? Yeah. Was it? WA? First um, tested at Hotman Cup several years back. But was it developed here? Yeah. I like it. Very good. And on that note, 
Hey? Look, looking across at other balconies. <laughs> uh, I'd just like to shout out to our man Moff here. He, I know. he really Ooh. contributed today. He's, he's so. at least he's 4% of this yeah. episode. That's yeah. fantastic. Well done, mate. Over-indexing. <laughs> <laughs> Over-achieving. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, yeah, as usual, guys, please like and share this podcast if you did actually like and feel the need to share this podcast. Uh, but no, we'd really appreciate it if you did. Hopefully you're watching this on YouTube. Um, we'll be putting it there. And... Uh, we aim to put them there more often, so hopefully we'll keep that up. And Netflix special coming up. The Netflix special's coming up um, right after Conrad's cameo um, appearance. On Judge oh, Judy. On um, Judge Judy <laughs> <laughs> slash Doogie Hauser. But, so it's like a, it's a transition show. Judge Hauser. I like it. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's get out of here. Vomit. Let's get out of here. All right. Uh, great drink. Thank you to the person who gave it to me. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Simple Minds podcast. If you like our show and want to know more, then check out our website at simplemindspodcast.com. If you like, you can even leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. The Simple Minds podcast is also on Facebook, Insta, and for those that like to keep things formal, LinkedIn. So follow us there if you want to keep up with the latest updates from the show. See you next week.